Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. By the way, can I just say something? Thanks for dropping it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from last week's episode of The Real House of Orange County. And I just had to play it because it's uh, consistently making me laugh. I mean, Terry and Heather Dubrow just sitting there laughing like maniacs in that woman Nicole's face. I mean, I'll never get enough of it. <laughs> They're so annoying. I'm so glad they're back. And honestly, I think Heather's really saved this franchise. I think the ratings are up a little bit or doing well. And I was thinking over the uh, last week or so, like, what other people could save a franchise? We're looking at New York right now. It seems like New York is on an extended hiatus. Jill Zarin was in an interview saying that if you get rid of Ramona, it's going to ruin the show. Now, I was thinking, like, who could they bring back? Obviously, Bethany is the number one choice. If you could bring someone back, I think Bethany could potentially save The Real Houses of New York. Although that woman is saying she's not ever going to go back to the show. So we'll see about that. I don't know if I believe that. Uh, but is there anyone else within the New York world that could come back to the show and save it? I would love to see Jill Zarin again, but I think she's burned too many bridges. I don't think Bravo will ever get over that time that Jill Zarin popped in the Watch What Happens Live clubhouse and recorded her own uh, recording of the interview she did with Andy Cohen. I mean, didn't she record? Wasn't that a thing that happened? Like, she sat, she made her own, like, secret recording. Uh, maybe I'm just remembering that wrong, but I do believe that happened. I do. It either happened in real life or in my dream. I'm not sure which, but it happened. And... I can't imagine they would ever bring her back full time, even though I think Jill Zarin would be fun. She did get really awful towards the end of her tenure there. Uh, but I'm not sure that anyone else in the Real Houses in New York cinematic universe, they tried to bring Heather uh, Halla Thompson back last season. That didn't work out. She wasn't interested. It didn't happen. Carol Radswell, like I liked Carol Radswell or whatever, but I uh, don't know that they would bring her back either. Remember, at the end of her reunion, she was fighting with Andy, so I don't think that she would work. And I don't even think that if she came back, it would be enough to really save the franchise. Uh, Dallas, I'm not sure that they could ever be saved, because after that last season of Dallas, when they were throwing the salsa in the bed, I'm not sure that we could ever save it. No one wants to go back to that well. Uh, and uh, so I'm not sure. I don't think there's many people on a lot of these franchises. Atlanta, I think I'd love to see Nini back. And it seems like maybe there's a slight possibility of that happening sometime in the future. Although then there was all that stuff that happened with Nini and Andy. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. But Heather really saved Orange County in so many ways because I thought it was dead. What was that famous line Heather Dubrow said? Like, if everyone says you're dead, it's time to lie down. And I thought we were ready to lie down on top of Orange County. But then Heather Shams Dubrow came in with that big ass house and their husband Terry and they were cackling in some new woman's face and I was all on board. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love it, you guys. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Real Houses of Orange County today and I know we're all in holiday mode. It's the holiday season. That's a song, right? Is that a song? You know I'm tone deaf. Uh, But... 
it is the holiday season. So imagine many of you are out there shopping or baking or wrapping presents, or maybe you're just sitting in a fetal position crying in your room alone because the holidays can also be depressing. But wherever you are and however you're celebrating this holiday season, I hope you're, uh, I hope I'm along for the ride and you guys are listening as you get all the stuff done. Because as I said, this time of year can be tough for a lot of people. Some people are alone for the holidays and it's like you turn on the TV. Every fucking Hallmark movie, which I love, but every movie that's on the television, every special, everything is like, you got to be with your family and friends. And it can be a lot to take in if you're someone who maybe is a loner or you don't have tons of extended family or friends. And so I hope you're enjoying it uh, with the podcast and know that I'm your family and friends this holiday season. It's the holiday season. That's the song, right? Am I making that up? Uh, anyway, so I hope, and I hope you're all just surviving and thriving. You know, bake a bunch of cookies. And if you're not a baker, just go out and buy a bunch of cookies and eat them. I find emotionally eating, it really helps around this time of year if you're sad or anything like that. Just shove a bunch of cookies in your face and you'll feel better momentarily when you get the sugar rush. And yes, you will come crashing down almost immediately. Within about 10 minutes, you will be, uh, back in that loner state. But for at least a few moments, those sugars will uh, get to your body and they will boost you. And so boost however you need. If that means some sugar cookies. Oh, speaking of sugar, I just had a sugar cookie. I'm going to crash by the end of this podcast. Just know that because I just had a Dolly Parton. She has a mix for William Sonoma. And so I made the William Sonoma Dolly Parton Christmas cookie mix. Now, it was a year old because I had bought in the mix last year, but I don't think cookie mix goes bad. So I'm still alive. I'm still here thriving. And those of you who are fans of the podcast know that I have had some trouble with expired baked goods uh, previously before. But I don't believe the mixes expire because the cookies tasted great. And they were just from last holiday season. I had bought in the mix. I had bought the mix. And uh, I made them finally this year. And they were delicious. So highly recommend. I think they were like upwards of something like $75 or something. You know, anything you buy from Williams-Sonoma, they need to cool it with the prices there. I love me some Williams-Sonoma, but they need to cool it. Everything's way too overpriced. I'm buying Dolly Parton cookie mix that makes 24 cookies, and it's like $75 or something. That's not the real price. I think it's a little bit less, but it's it's too expensive is what I'm trying to say. Because you go to the grocery store this time of year, and in the frozen uh, cookie section, you could buy those ones with the stamps on them, you know? Those are like a 99 cents or a $1.99, and they give you 100 fucking cookies in that. You guys know the Pillsbury ones I'm talking about that you don't even got to do anything. They even cut them out for you. And they got a picture stamped on them like Elf or, I don't know, a snowman. And uh, they taste like chalk, but they're $1.99 for 100 And so I would just implore the Williams-Sonoma people to cool it with the pricing. Because we're times are tough. We've been through a pandemic, and you need to lower the prices. Because it's not even worth it. I mean, it's not. The Dolly Parton cookies were delicious. But it's not like Dolly Parton's coming and making them with me. So uh, they shouldn't be that expensive. I'll pay a bunch more money if you want to have Dolly come to my kitchen and cook them with me. But if she's not going to be here singing Jolene in my kitchen, then they shouldn't be $75 for 24 cookies. You get what I mean? It's just enough. Enough is enough. But they were delicious. They were. And I'm sorry, Williams, no, I just dragged you. But somebody needed to do it because I go in there, especially the holiday season, and we're moving, we're trying to get stuff for the new house. And I'm looking at a, I don't know, a bowl, mixing bowl or something. And it's like, oh, that's $95. And it's like, who crafted that? I mean, it, was, it had to have been something handcrafted or something because it's not worth the money. Ugh, 
you guys. That's why I only go to my home goods. Home goods is where I where it's at. Go finding. Isn't that their tagline? <laughs> gotta go finding. You might gotta hunt through a hundred aisles, but at least you don't have to spend that kind of money on a bowl. <sighs> you guys, what are we even here talking about today? We're eight minutes in, and what did I even talk about? Oh, The Real Houses of Orange County. So Heather saved the show. We open. One of the things that I love about the Orange County Housewives is that we open with a lot of these sort of like montage B-roll is what they call it, where it's like we see footage around Orange County. And there's one specific person. It's an extra that they keep showing. It's a blouseless man, and he's doing squats in the streets of Orange County. And it's not a cast member. It's not the, the doctor's husband or anyone. But it is an extra that I notice he pops up a lot on Orange County, and I want to get an SOS on that man. It's just some man without a top on doing squats, and they showed him later in the episodes, like in between scenes, they'll cut to this man just exercising in the streets. And I don't know if that was like stock footage that Bravo got a hold of, or if it's someone they made film. Uh, but good for him, and I'd like to know his story. Everyone's got a story. What's his story? Everyone has a story. Uh, okay, so then we see Shannon. Shannon's going to get some dissolver because she got too much filler. She looks like she's puffed out. And they showed, she even said this. She said, I got too much filler before the reunion. And they showed that reunion look. And she did look like a puffer fish. And I'm only saying that because Shannon said it herself. So she's at the doctor trying to get some dissolver. And let this be a lesson to us all. Everyone should get whatever they want done to their faces. But you got to be careful. Because sometimes I think these doctors, they'll just try to encourage you. Uh, to get as much filler as uh, all the live long day, because the more filler you get, the more money they make. And so the good doctors are the ones who they'll be pretty, you know, they tell you only get this much or, you know, don't overdo it. And so uh, just be careful who you're going to just be careful because they'll fill you up like a fucking puffer fish. And then suddenly your Shannon Storm's gotten going to the dissolver to get it removed on camera. And how embarrassing is that? Not only does Shan have to say, oh, I got way too much filler, then she's got to go on camera to get it solved. And uh, ordinarily, I'd say that's too embarrassing. You shouldn't do it on camera. But, you know, these housewives, they got to do it all on camera, especially because they get the deals then. Shannon probably got herself a deal getting it dissolved. And I don't even know how the dissolver works. They pump something else in your face and then it, I guess, goes down. I mean, that makes sense, right? The word's dissolver. So uh, I don't know. But Noella shows up because Shannon and Noella are pretending that they're friends. And she says uh, that she tells us a little bit more about herself. I'm getting interested in this Noella because she says she did IVF. And so she's good with needles now because she said, I wasn't good with needles. Shannon said she's not good with needles. And then Noella's like, well, I did IVF. She's got this story about the IVF treatments. Then she starts talking about her autistic child. And this is all very interesting to get to know Noella. And Shannon, you can see on her face, she's upset because she's thinking this scene's about her, right? And Shannon really thinks every scene's about her. You know, she's so vain in the words of Carly Simon. And you know, I don't like Shannon. I'm sorry, you guys don't hate on me. People yell at me in the DMs, but I do not care for Shannon. And uh, she thinks the scene's about her, but then now she's got to make it about Noella. Because Noella's talking about all this very serious stuff she's going through, and she talks about the husband and the Puerto Rico house. And I can just tell on Shannon's face, she's thinking, ugh, now i got to talk about somebody else. <laughs> she's so pissed. She's so pissed because she wants the scenes to be about her. So then Noella's telling this, a lot of intense stuff, like she's talking about the Puerto Rico house and how the husband's got two liens on the... On, um, Two tax liens to uh, up to $6 million. 
And as she's talking about all this really dramatic stuff, there's dramatic music playing in the background. We're learning about her home life, which seems very uh, tough right now. And Shannon's listening with a face mask on, like one of those uh, sheet masks that you just put on her face where you look like Hannibal Lecter or something. I'm like, Shannon's listening with a face mask on, and they got to put the dramatic music under it. It's like so funny to me because it's just, uh, we got uh, Shannon looking like Hannibal Lecter. And a lot of serious stuff going on. And then Shannon, of course, her reaction is just, I'm sorry. Like, she doesn't even seem to have much of a reaction. <laughs> she just says, I'm sorry. She did show a lot of uh, empathy later on. But in this moment, she's just like, I'm sorry. And it just felt like there was no emotion behind her voice. Then we cut to Dr. Jen. I'm loving Dr. Jen. She's with her son, Vince. No one else is in the house, but Dr. Jen's telling the son. She's like, everyone's going to be coming over. We got Nana coming back. We got... The husband's coming back from Hawaii, and this little boy, Vince, I just have to say, is one of the most relatable people on television, because he says to her, when she says, oh, all these people are coming over, he's like, ugh, too many people, or he said, too much people. (laughs) I love that. I related to that, because sometimes it's like, ugh, and I hate having guests at the house. I I should rephrase that. I hate, hate having guests sleep at the house, right? Like, I love a guest coming over for dinner, for lunch, for a stop and chat with a drink. I'm not someone who wants someone sleeping at my house, okay? I don't want, I, I, even if you got it, I don't have a guest room in this place, but even if I have a guest room, it's like, I'm not interested in you spending the night because I feel an obligation to entertain and to make sure you're happy. And uh, it's too much for me as a Libra to handle all of that because that's all I'm thinking about. I'm thinking, are they comfortable? Do they have uh, enough to eat? Do they have this or that? So stay at a hotel and put me out of my misery because it's not something I'm interested in having people stay at my house. Uh, anyway, the husband, she FaceTimes with him. He's in Hawaii with the top off. Now, he, we are really leaning into him not wearing a blouse. I feel like we're doing a lot of blouseless work with the husband, Ryan. And at a certain point, we have to move on. And you know I love to see a man nipple. I love to see a man without a blouse. I love to see an ab. I'm happy to see it. This man's got a gorgeous uh, body. But at some point, we need to just let it be. And we need to stop talking about it because I feel like we're just really leaning in and they keep telling us in the confessionals and anytime someone sees this man, like, oh, he doesn't wear a shirt. And they, they're just really laying it on thick. And it's like, we can see that he's not wearing a top. We don't need to keep talking about it. We need to eventually move on, eventually move on. Uh, Jen does talk about the mom, the mom who was raised in England. She's coming too with the daughter. And Jen says she doesn't have a good relationship with the mom. And she said, I married my mother. She said, I guess like Ryan's like the mom. I was just focused on Mr. Puppers, the dog. The dog thinks it's a cat. Did anyone pay attention? The dog, Mr. Puppers, is running around on the counters like it's a cat. And it is not a cat. I got news for you, Mr. Puppers. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not a cat. You need to stop. Get off the counters. And I don't like an animal on the counter anyway. I'm not interested in an animal around where their food's going to be. And I'm an animal lover. I just do not believe that we need animals on the kitchen counters. That we have to draw a line. And I don't even think the animals want to be on the kitchen counters. As a human, I'm not wanting to stand around and walk around on the kitchen counters. So why are the animals doing it? I want equal rights for animals, sure. But equal rights means not walking around on the fucking countertops. Because humans aren't doing it. So if a human's not doing it, we don't need an animal doing it. If you, uh, if you want me to walk around on the kitchen island, then that's one thing. We could put Mr. Puppers up there too, but that's not happening. So get Mr. Puppers off the fucking kitchen island. Do you get what I mean? Just on that counter. And the cats do it too. The cats, every cat I've ever known has walked around on the kitchen countertops. 
And cats, you're not a human either. And humans aren't doing it, by the way. So stop it. It's like we cook on there. I don't want anyone's bare feet. No one's bare feet should be on a countertop. People got dirty ass bare feet. Sometimes I'm watching these reality shows and they show the bare feet if someone's not wearing socks or something and they're just like completely covered the bottom of their feet. Now, I don't want that on a kitchen countertop. I don't care how much pledge, lemon pledge or Windex or whatever the fuck you're using to clean your countertops. It's not going to clean enough for those dirty ass feet. Oh, God. I'm stressed about the dirty feet on the counter. And the dogs have the dirty feet. I saw later in the episode, Ryan took the dog out to take a shit or whatever. We watched him. She said, go take the dog out. So we watched the dog. He carried the dog over to the grass, but then the grass uh, was, the dog was in the grass. So I don't believe that they washed those dogs, Mr. Pupper's feet before they put them on that countertop. So they need to get them off the countertop. Okay, so then we cut to Gina and Travis. They're eating a charcuterie. Now, I'm into this uh, Travis situation. He seems like a nice man. I hope he doesn't disappoint me. But Gina does reveal that she flirted with Noella. Or she thinks that Noella was flirting with her. And I like that because Travis likes that. Gina's into that. And it just feels like Travis and Gina just have a good vibe to them. And I hope I'm not wrong, Travis. Don't disappoint me because you know I love my uh, Gina Casita. You know how I love my Casita, so do not, do not fuck it up with Casita. You better be nice to that woman because she deserves it. She's been through hell and back. Okay, I do not want you treating her like that other one did. That other one we hate, that ex. So, Travis, you better stay on the straight and narrow, and you better be nice to that woman. And if I hear anything different, Travis, so help me God, I'm not sure what I'll do. I will drag you on this podcast is what I'll do, even more than... I might do otherwise. So you just need to keep that in mind as you move forward. And Gina, I want you to let them know if you're listening. I don't, I doubt you are. <laughs> I doubt you are as the other seasons of this podcast. I've said not very nice things about you, but I'm on your side now and I'm a full, a full Gina stand. And so I'm not going to accept anything from Travis. Nothing. Gina, though, she says she wants marriage. This is a red flag for me because she wants marriage with this guy and he's not interested. He's not ready yet. Not there yet. And then uh, I I don't know what to do about this because I want them to wait. You guys know how I feel about marriage. I don't think they should rush into anything. But I also want Jeannie to be happy. Casita wants the ring. So do we give Casita the ring? I'm not sure where I stand on this issue. So I'm going to have to TBD on it. By the end of the season, maybe I'll feel otherwise. Gina talks about the Shannon stuff. She feels a loyalty to Shannon, even though Shannon's an asshole. Because Shannon did set Gina up with the lawyer last season with all that Matt stuff. So I don't know. We're going to have to see how that ends, but I don't think it'll end good for Gina or anyone friends with Shannon because she's not a good human being, it seems. Then uh, we cut to Heather. She's with the Fendi bag and she goes into the doctor's office to see her husband, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> that cackle they do, you guys, I can't get over it. Can't get over that cackle. I mean, it's just, just listen to it one more time. <laughs> I've never heard such an evil villain laugh in my entire life. It's like they just are in a cartoon or something. Thanos wishes, or what's that guy's, the evil villain from the Avengers? I'm not, this Thanos. To be honest, the whole Marvel universe is a, a villain to me because they're making Marissa Tomei play an ant in Spider-Man. And Marissa Tomei is a young, vibrant woman, and then she has to go on screen and have one line about being an ant. You know, she should be Ant-Man, not an ant in the Spider-Man universe. And I like the Spider-Man. I'm not, I don't want the Marvel people to come after me because I love those movies. And I'm excited to see the new Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, Marissa Tomei, she should be playing Ant-Man, not an ant. I feel like they must have thrown her the script and I bet you she opened it and thinking, 
they said, oh, we want you to be an ant. And I bet you she thought in her head, oh, I'm going to play Ant-Man or Ant-Woman or whoever. And then they make her play an ant. And it's like, come on, Marvel. Can't, let's give her something else to do. Can't we put a costume on her or something? That's my only problem with them. I, and I, again, I love the Marvel. I, we all love the Marvel movies. Big hits. But I'm just saying, my only problem is, is like these amazing actresses. Michelle Pfeiffer's got to play someone's, I don't know, grandmother in it or something. And it's like, come on. These are young, vibrant women, and they should be in the action. They should be able to suit up. And I, and not even just suit up for a minute, because I know sometimes in these movies we, we get to get Gwyneth Paltrow in a suit. Even though Gwyneth Paltrow, by the way, doesn't even know what she's, that she's even in those movies. Every time anyone asks her a question in an interview, like, what do you think about Spider-Man? She's like, I don't even know what that is. And it's like, you were in the movie, Gwyneth. <laughs> you were in it. But she doesn't know. I mean, Gwyneth's busy. She's got the whole Goop brand and everything. But sometimes they do let the older women suit up. But then it's like for one second, and we get to see him one second, and then that's it. And then we go uh, back to spending time with Chris Pratt. Sorry to say that name, but uh, it is true. I just want Marissa Tomei to be able to have a little more fun. But I am excited about the new Spider-Man. It looks good. It looks good. And I hope Chris, there's there's all these rumors about people coming back for that new Spider-Man. And I I just want to see Kirsten Dunst. You know, I love me some Kirsten. Ugh. And while we're here, let's reboot Bring It On and let her be a cheer coach. Okay, moving on. Uh, oh, so Heather walks into the office with this Fendi bag. It's got the word Fendi written real big on it. And I did get a little PTSD because I got to tell a quick story. I was a guest on the Drew Barrymore show. And a few months ago, we filmed like, I filmed three segments or something like that. Three, Yeah, it was three of them. And so when I was going in, it was a really hot day in the valley. It was over 100 degrees, so I was all sweaty and worried about being sweaty. But I knew that I was filming a few segments that would air over the course of like a few months. And so I was like, okay, this isn't even just like one big appearance, which it was already a big deal to me. I mean, the Drew Barrymore show, Queen Icon Legend, Drew Barrymore, lover. But I knew that it was going to be a few appearances. So I was like, I got to get something nice. I got, And I don't have a stylist or any of that, but I got to get something that looks good. So I literally went to Nordstrom. I spent like my life fucking savings. I mean, not my life savings, but I spent a lot of money getting a Gucci shirt. I got this Gucci uh, short sleeve polo that I was like, okay, this is fancy. And it was designer and it was more expensive than any other shirt I think I've ever purchased in my whole life. Uh, and I wear it and all three appearances aired. And I posted on my social media, I posted like, oh, I'm so excited, I'm on the Drew Barrymore show. And I'm expecting people to be like, oh my god, I love your Gucci shirt. But everyone, you know what they responded with? Is that Brooks Marks? You guys, people thought it was Brooks Marks. People thought the Gucci shirt I was wearing was Brooks Marks. Now, Brooks Marks, if you're not familiar, he is a side character on The Real House of Salt Lake City. And don't get me wrong, he's got a lovely tracksuit out that's upwards of $60. But this was a few hundred dollar Gucci tee or polo that I had bought. And, and everyone thought it was a Brooks Marks shirt because the sleeve, it said like Gucci, but you couldn't tell. Of course, you know, it's kind of blurred or whatever. And everybody thought it was Brooks Marks, you guys, for three episodes over the Every time I posted a clip from it on social media, I got like a hundred comments saying like, oh, I love your Brooks Marks shirt. And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> the last last time I ever spent money on a designer shirt because everyone thought it was Brooks fucking Marks. And God bless Brooks Marks for everyone mistaking Gucci for him. But honestly, I was like, what did I spend all that money for? Why didn't I keep the tag on like Sonia Tremont Morgan and return it? Because I'll never be able to wear it again because every time I put it on, I'll think of Brooks Marks. Anyway, 
I will wear it again because it was too expensive not to. So if you see me in again, deal with it. Anyway, they talk. Uh, Heather shows up to Terry's office and they talk about this photo that's on the wall. You guys, this photo. And it was 10 years ago. And so we see the whole family 10 years ago. And Heather. Heather says like, oh, look how cute. I can't. I don't want to sit by this because I looked too good back then or whatever. And they make this joke about aging. And then Heather says straight-faced, right straight-faced her husband. It didn't even seem like she was lying or acting. She said, I think you look better now, she said to Terry. She said, I think, Terry, you look better now. You guys, when she said that, and meanwhile, we're looking at Terry, and he's plumped and loaded with all the Botox and filler himself. I have the chills. I had the fucking chills when she said that. Because, I mean, again, Terry should do whatever he wants. I'm not trying to look shame him or anything. But he admitted himself that he had done a bunch of Botox. And so when Heather said that, you know, he's looking better than before. I I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean. But she did say it. She did say it. And they talked about that, and I was only focused on that photo. And, you know, Terry looks good now. I don't want to say that he looks terrible. I'm just saying he looks very different and very obviously plump with uh, filler and Botox or whatever it is. Um, so he does look fine and great, and I'm happy for him to look however he wants to look. But I just was pretty sh- – I was surprised. I was surprised. So then Shannon – they talk about this Nicole, Shannon, uh, Heather situation. Heather reads a text that she got from Shannon, and then she says, I wrote back. And Heather was doing some real soap opera acting here. I mean, she's like, I wrote back. And then the text that she wrote back to Shannon. So Shannon wrote a text that wasn't even apologizing. She just said, like, I didn't intend for it to go that way or something. But there's no apology or an I'm sorry. So then Heather writes back with this text that is so Heather Dubrow. And it was like, using all these big words, like, I don't agitate your behavior or listen to your rhetoric. And it was like, all these words. (laughs) And I can only imagine that Shannon's face when she got that text. First of all, she probably had to use a dictionary when she read that text because there was a bunch of words in there that was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. And uh, then it just kept going on and on. It was the longest fucking novel I'd ever seen in my life that she wrote back to Shannon. And then Shannon wrote back to Heather then and said, well, my apology was genuine. And Heather, it's like, there was no fucking apology in that initial text. And then Heather says, look, we always got on off on the wrong foot. And they show a flashback to one of my favorite moments on The Real House of Orange County when Shannon and Heather, when they first met, and they fought over a chair. They fought over a fucking chair. Remember, they were sitting down, and Shannon thought Heather took her seat. Oh, you guys, that was the golden age, and I could live with that. And I was watching, and I was cackling like Heather and Terry. <laughs> I was so happy. I was maniacally laughing, like, ha ah! I was clapping my hands together like a monkey. And I was so excited that they showed that clip because it was so fun. Nothing's better than that. I mean, I could watch that clip over and over again. Like, you stole my chair. No, I didn't steal your chair. Stop pointing at me. And they were just fighting over and over again. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, But I also love that Heather's not taking any of Shannon's shit because I feel like previously on this show, the other women... All of the cast members, they do put up with a lot of shit from Shannon. And I feel like now Heather's like, I'm not going to do it. She came in like a wrecking ball. Ball? Bowl? Did I say wrecking ball? I'm thinking of Shannon's. Nine lemons in a bowl! Uh, but she comes in like a wrecking ball to Shannon Bador, and she's not putting up with any of Shannon's shit. She's over it. And Heather never did. And so this is a good dynamic. I'm just really into it. And so maybe they were right to keep Shannon around. They were right to keep storms around, even though she's a big old wet blanket. 
and uh, they do make good TV with Heather. Anyway, you guys, we got to take a quick break here, and we will come back with more. I want to remind everyone that there's Everything Iconic merch available at everythingiconic.store. Uh, we are shipping everything about same day or within a day. So if you want something for Christmas, just keep that in mind. Matt is shipping everything. Everythingiconic.store. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I want to thank Acast. I will be right back with more on The Real Houses of Orange County. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, 
can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. I still have that song in my head. It's the holiday season. And isn't that song, isn't there something like Tickery Talk or Dickery Duck? Am I making that up? Tickery Talk and Dickery Talk. I don't think that's the actual lyrics, but you know what? That's what I'm singing. I'm loving the Christmas music on the radio. You guys, I'm in the holiday spirit. It's the holiday season. And so I am, I'm going to be melancholy probably shortly soon. You know, I always get a little melancholy around the holiday, but right now I'm in the like cheerful, happy, fun phase. And I'm just putting Christmas movies on left and right, left and right. And by the way, I got the Christmas movie podcast. If you want to hear me, uh, it's called a uh, very merry iconic podcast. Go listen if you want. Anyway, uh, we cut to Gina and Noella at the cryotherapy. Kind of, I'm kind of tired of the cryotherapy. I kind of feel like we've done it. It's been 10 years now. I feel like a decade. We've been seeing the cryotherapy on the Bravo shows. And it is something that people do. And I'm glad they're doing it. But it just seems like enough is enough. And maybe I just would like it if they did the cryotherapy without explaining it to us. Do you get what I mean? Like, we've seen the cryotherapy so many times. I don't think that we need a refresher on like what it does or what it is. I just think most people know now that's cryotherapy. And it seems like we're still doing the thing of like, what's this? What are we doing? What is this? Like Noella, I think was Gina brought Noella there. And Noella's like, oh my God, what does this do? Ah, you just get cold? What? You just get in there and you're cold? And then what happens next? And then the poor person who runs the cryotherapy place has got to be like, well, you get endorphins and it releases Whatever. And it's like, okay, we know how this all works. So let's all, all stop the uh, charade or whatever of all this emotion when we get into the cryotherapy scene. We know how it works. We know what happens. You get cold for one fucking minute and then you get out. And Noella's got to sit there and act like, what is this? You just get cold and then you get out? Oh my God. We got to put on, we got to get on our bathing suits and then get in this cold chamber? What is that about? Then you're just going to get cold? I don't like getting cold, but you got to do it anyway? What? That's not a good Noel impression, but you know, that's the impression of basically anyone in a Bravo scene getting in cryotherapy. And I've had enough because we know how it works. You get cold for one fucking minute and then that's it. What? You're telling me I get in there and then I get cold and then I get out? Yeah, that's what I'm fucking telling you. That's what happens. And so if I see it one more goddamn time, you guys are going to lose it. I'm sorry to be grumpy. I know I just said I was in the holiday spirit, but I've had a fucking enough. It's, it's a fucking enough of explaining grow therapy every week, every time we go in there. It's like we haven't seen the goat yoga in a while, too, but they did the goat yoga in every week on every show. And it was like every time we got in the goat yoga scene, it's like, so the goat just gets on my back? What? And it's like, yeah, Lisa Renna, that's what happens. The goat gets on your fucking back and then we move on, which I mean, no one needs a goat on their back. Okay. What is this olden times? A goat shouldn't be on your back, just like a dog shouldn't be on the counter. There are certain places animals aren't supposed to be. Okay, a goat on a back is one of those things, just like a dog or a cat on the countertops in the kitchen. 
we need to draw some boundaries here. I feel like I'm the only one drawing boundaries and everyone else is just like, yeah, let's throw the fucking animal on our backs and, and let the cat out. What's next? The goat on the kitchen counter? Well, I'm baking my Dolly Parton Christmas cookies. We're just going to have a goat running around on my kitchen countertop. What are those? Well, I can't even think of what a sound does a goat make. That's not a goat sound. <laughs> Why can't I think of what the sound the, the goat makes? I need one of those like preschool books that tell us what the... For some reason, I keep wanting to say nay, but the horses do nay. I need... <laughs> I can't, why can't I think of what sound a goat makes? Isn't it just like a, I don't know. In my head now, the only thing I could picture is that the goat makes the Charlie Brown teacher noise. You know, that's the only thing that's playing in my head is that's the sound a goat makes. But you guys are probably yelling it out. Everyone on the count of three, yell out the sound a goat makes. One, two, three, go. Okay, so hopefully you guys did it properly because I can't think of what sound a goat fucking makes. <laughs> but I don't want them on my kitchen countertops is what I'm trying to say. I draw the line at the back. Um, and even then, I'm not going to goat yoga. I talk about goat yoga a lot on this show because I'm not interested. I'll do a regular, regular yoga is enough. So we got to draw the line. Um, what, oh, so they're at the cryotherapy and they talk about Noella's dungeon for a minute, which I also feel like Noella at the very beginning, maybe she didn't have a ton of storyline going in. Now all this stuff is unfolding with the husband and the taxi and all this stuff, but I do feel like going in Noella maybe didn't have a ton. And so she was really leaning into the sex dungeon because she walked up to everyone in the cast and was like, I have a sex dungeon. And she was just telling everyone, it's like, yeah, okay. Candy's got one too. Like, let's move on. Cause it's like, it's just uh, enough. But she did say she fell asleep in there crying. She did. Excuse me. I just had a little burp. I'm so sorry. I don't want to cut that out because <laughs> I don't want to have to edit that out of the podcast. So I just I want to apologize that I just had a little tiny burp. I'm sorry. Don't leave me a bad review about it. I don't want to see any reviews that say, then he just burped in the microphone. It was like a baby burp. If it was a full burp, I would have edited it out of this podcast. But, you know, we got to draw the line somewhere. It's the holiday season. It takes a lot of extra work to be editing this podcast, every burp or noise that comes out of the mouth. But, you know, then people will write a bad review and say, and I had a little burp. And say, so I just got to tell you, please don't. Please, for the, that'll be my ho- your holiday gift to me is to not leave me a bad review about that mini burp that I did. Okay, so then, uh, yeah, so she, Noella says she was crying in the dungeon. Um, which they used for sex, but she also says there's a cockball in there, there. I don't know. There was a lot of happening in this scene, at the cryotherapy scene. It was just like Noella was giving out exposition left and right. She's like, the husband's got a tax lien and we got a dungeon and all this stuff. I'm like, a house in Puerto Rico. And I'm like, slow down, Noella. Like, I just heard you say cockball. I can't understand what you're talking about. It's all happening so fast. Oh, then we cut to Shannon. She's driving in the car and she is wearing, you guys, a star blazer. This blazer. It's all I was focused on in the scene. She's in the back of a car. She's wearing what looked like Ramona True Faith necklace from uh, about 2009. And she's wearing star earrings. She says in the scene, I forgot my belt. And the blazer, though, was the most shocking thing I think I'd ever seen on Bravo. She had the hair up in the ponytail. I mean, this look, who styled it? Did she have a stylist for this? Again, I'm no fashionista. I don't know. On the Real House of Salt Lake City recap, I was talking about some skirt, and a lot of you correct me. It was some big designer skirt, but I'm not aware of everything. I can't keep up. Uh, but this blazer, I will say, was the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sorry to uh, say that, but it really was hideous to me. And maybe that was designer. But I thought it was truly ugly. 
And I don't like to just throw that word around willy-nilly, but that star blazer was truly awful to my eyes. I mean, my eyes immediately shut when I saw it. It was like, instinctively, the eyes just closed. The eyelids just shut right down. (laughs) The eyes just shut right down, and we're like, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that! That's what the eyes said. I didn't even have, the brain didn't even, the brain didn't even have a minute to catch up to the eyelids. It was like the eyelids saw Shannon's blazer, and they just shut And that's what happened instinctively. You know, normally my brain would say, what's that? Is it ugly? And then my brain would tell my eyes to shut. But the eyes did it first. They knew. They knew when they saw that ugly fucking thing. And uh, Shannon's a beautiful woman. She's she's a beautiful woman, as all these women are in their own ways. But that blazer was not doing anyone any favors. I mean, what was this, the 4th of July? Like, what was she wearing? It looked like something you would wear on the 4th of July as like a theme. Like you would wear, you'd be like, oh, it's the 4th of July. That's the only time I could wear this star blazer. But Shannon wore it to rest. And again, I don't know, maybe it's some big designer and some popular thing. But in my, to me, it was the ugliest thing I think I've ever seen in my entire existence. And I'm sorry if that's too much to hear. But I thought it was hideous. And then I had to see it again later. It was like, it kept popping up. I was like, where's the star blazer? Like, can we get rid of it? Did somebody burn it? When she showed up to that uh, thing with Noella, I wanted Noella to just set it on fire with one of the candles at the table. I was like, is no one looking at this blazer? Shannon sat down with Nicole and Noella. And Nicole wasn't even a good place with Shannon Bedore. So I thought, Nicole, can't you just light that thing on fire while we're all sitting here? I mean, before you make up with Shannon, it's like, just before you do it, Maybe say, oh, you know, I thought someone at the table should have said, oh, it's really hot in here. Like, we should take off our blazers. And then I would have hoped that Noella or Nicole would have lit it on fire. And I think, was it even a blazer? Was it a jacket or just a shirt? I'm not sure. And like I said, my eyes shut immediately. So I'm not sure exactly like what function that piece of cloth was. But it looked like something you got at Joanne Fabrics. And I love me some Joanne Fabrics, but you don't need to be making blazers out of all those patterns you get of the fabrics. Okay. You just need to cool it. And I think maybe I had like a weird emotional attack. Back in grade school, I remember in art class, we made a stool, right? Like a stool, like a sitting stool. Not like we didn't make shit, but we made, (laughs) I mean, the stool that I made was shit, but we had to design it and you had to get fabric from uh, Joanne Fabrics to put on the top. And like we, we stapled the fabric to the top, made a seat, and then we painted the legs. I hope that that's making sense. Anyway, I did one. I did this Monopoly themed one, which was really fucking ugly. My parents still have it at their house. And then I did this star one that was even uglier that my parents threw away immediately. Even my parents, you know, moms and dads will save everything. But even Linda Pellegrino was like, that's going in the garbage. We do not need that. We do not need that. They threw it right in the trash because it was ugly as fuck. And so I think I had like sort of some PTSD when I saw Shannon's blazer with the stars on it. I was like, uh-oh, I need to throw that away. Like Linda Pellegrino threw away that stool I made. Sometimes, you know, moms out there, you know, sometimes you need to throw it away. You need to throw the shit away because some things the kids bring home. I see my nieces and nephews bring stuff home all the time. And I'm thinking like, that's ugly as fuck. Throw it away. You know, I know we get an emotional attachment to it. So the stuff that's really cute and sweet, you know, save. I have something for my nephew that he drew me when he was, uh, I don't know, four or something. And I have it framed in my office. Really cute. But there's some other things he made that are not so cute. One time he said he drew me and it looked like a cookie monster. It was like the biggest. I, he's like, Uncle Danny, I drew you. And it was just this big blue blob. And I was like, why do I? you think I look like that? You think I look like the fucking cookie monster, Anthony? Um, so, you know, certain point you got to throw that away because that's triggering to me. I love a cookie. 
as we know from the beginning of this podcast, I do love me some cookies. And so when my nephew drew me as the cookie monster in a big blue blob, I said, that's going in the garbage. As my uh, seventh grade art teacher used to say, the garbage. She always said, garbage. Throw it in the garbage. And we would make fun of her <laughs> to her face. <laughs> we would tell her, like, the garbage? What's the garbage? We were such assholes. You know, teens were assholes. I was reading this article. I'm sorry to get off track here, but... I was reading this article with the stars of Pen15, you know that show, it's my favorite show on TV, it's really cringeworthy, it's a very specific sense of humor, but it's about these two kids in middle school in the in 2000, the year 2000, and it's played by, adults play the, the kids. Anyway, it's very cringe, and I was reading this interview with the creators who I love, they were on Everything Iconic, if you haven't listened to the interview, it's great, go back and listen, they were on um, a year ago or something. Anyway, I love, I worship the ground they walk on, Maya and Anna. I love them, and I love this show. But they were talking about how that era, the early 2000s, the sense of humor, people were mean. And kids are always mean in the history of kids. Kids are always mean. But that era in particular is like everyone was so mean, and the sense of humor style was mean. It was just like, I remember middle school, everyone used to say gay as like, you're so gay. Like, they would say that all the time, and it, as like an insult. And then, uh, now I think kids are a little bit nicer, but that era, everyone's just really mean. Anyway, we were mean to the teachers, too. The kids were not just mean to each other, we were mean to the teachers. So, anyway, yeah, Shannon's blazer is ugly as fuck. And uh, so, I'm, see, I should, that's mean of me now. I feel like I'm carrying over my middle school self, and I'm being mean. Although I was actually really nice in middle school, but I'm just saying, I feel like I'm being mean now to Shannon. Um, anyway, she's insufferable. Anyway, we cut to Hip and Bar. They're having a barbecue. So we haven't seen Hip this episode yet. She's having a barbecue with the husband, Bar. And I know last week on this podcast, I said I was very fascinated by em- Emily's religion journey. And I just have to say, now I'm completely over it. I have had enough. And I said last week, I'm really excited to watch it play out. But now I feel like it's enough because now I'm worried it's just going to overtake Emily's entire existence on the show. Every scene, we're going to have to be talking about how Shane's Mormon, and then she's uh, the kids are going to Sunday school now, and the kid wants to be baptized in the Mormon church or something. And it's just going to be too much. I'm over it. I'm over it. Bravo, producers. I've had enough. Now, uh, let's wrap it up. I don't want at the end. I'm worried at the end of the season, you know how they do those title cards at the end, and they say, like, and then Countess Luann did this or something. I'm worried that Emily's entire wrap-up card is going to be, like, you know, hip- hip uh dealt with religion and then that's gonna be it and it's like okay it just is i don't know it's just i I can't have it be your whole storyline that's my own concern so then we cut to noella and nicole at the restaurant shannon's coming in her star blazer and she was so mean to nicole at the previous time she saw her and the women asked her like shannon how are you are you good and shannon just says no like you gotta show up for a girls night and every time shannon shows up anywhere they're looking to have a good time maybe dinner have a cup of cocktails and they're like are you good and shannon's like no she's always just such a wet blanket but then she does apologize to nicole which is good and and nicole says like well this was a health issue like you shouldn't have been blabbing about it but then shannon just keeps blaming hip and casita she's like well i shouldn't have told hip and casita like i trusted them and i shouldn't have trusted them and it's like yeah no shit they're on the show with you and i do not blame hip and casita one bit for blabbing what shannon said to them because shannon wanted it out she did and if anyone doesn't believe that you know you're a dummy you need to not be a dummy what did i say on the show earlier this week don't be a dummy shannon very clearly wanted this to come up on camera and that's why she told hip and casita and if you can't see that, then I can't see it for you, okay? Nicole does accept Shannon's apology because obviously she wants to be friends with people on the show, so she could be on the show. 
And uh, what else? Oh, I just wrote in my notes that the ponytail and the star combo is too tough for me to look at. So I don't know what else happened in that scene because I was too focused on the star blazer. I'm sorry. And the star earrings that match the blazer. I'm, I apologize. I spent so much time on that star blazer, you guys, and I feel bad about that. But also, I can't see it again. I can't see it again. Then we cut to Jen and Ryan. Now, she seems separate. We need to get Jen in the mix because it seems like all her stuff is being separate right now. But the Nana showed up, and the Nana's got a handshake with the daughter, like in The Parent Trap. And I love that because the mom was born in England. So they talk a little bit about the dad and how they were sad about the dad, whatever. And we cut to Shannon getting a call from Noella because this is where the good dirt is happening. So uh, Noella was deserved, uh, excuse me. Noella was served divorce papers. This all came and hit like a ton of bricks. She doesn't know where the husband is. He shut up the credit cards. She says, I'm lost. And at first it seemed a little scripted to me, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. It seemed like Noella came in and she was giving us like a little scripted thing. And I didn't feel a lot of emotion, but then I did start to feel bad for her. And even Shannon cried because it was also confusing. Uh, the whole story got a little bit muddled to me because she had this house in Puerto Rico, Noella and the husband. And Noella had said if we would have just sold off that house in Puerto Rico, then we could have had enough money to pay off the tax liens. But then the husband didn't want to sell off the house in Puerto Rico. So then he's like living in Puerto Rico or something. And Shannon said at the end of the scene, like, wait, he lives in Puerto Rico? So it's a little confusing to me. And I'm not sure it's how it's going to play out, but the husband seems sketchy and the law is going to catch up to him. As the law always does. There's always law and order. If there's one thing I've learned from the real house size, law and order will come. It might take a couple seasons, but it comes. So then we get a little montage of all the gals. We see them doing their everyday lives. So we see Heather DeRoe on Zoom with Jamie Lynn Sigler and Lance Bass pot- uh, podcasting. They're just podcasting together for Heather DeBro's world. And then we see some Botox. We see Gina and Shannon finally have their sit down. Then we cut to them. They're sitting inside a restaurant and they're living in non-COVID times. And I know Orange County is different. And I don't know when they filmed this. And again, I'm glad we're not dealing with COVID on these shows. But it did seem, um, I, I was wondering what, I didn't see any masks on anyone, including the wait staff. But I, I don't want to harp on the COVID stuff because then we'll get too depressed and we're not here for that. Holidays are pressing enough. We don't need to talk about that. Shannon and Gina then argue. Gina says her story. She says, look, the reason why I had to tell Heather Dubrow about this rumor that was going around at the party was because my husband brought me to this woman's house who he was having an affair with. And then Shannon says, my husband had an affair too. You know, Shannon's always got to one up and make the scene about her. And then Gina's like, well, that's why I told that story to Heather. She's like, that's why I did it. And then Shannon says, wow, Gina, I went out of my way to be kind to you. I went out of my way to be kind to you. And then Gina, oh, you guys, I love this part. Gina is such a star. She says, you shouldn't have to go out of your way to be kind to someone. If you do, if you have to do that, that's a problem. You need to evaluate that. Gina's such a star these days. She's such a star. And she's totally right. Like, I feel like Shannon has said that a bunch of times throughout the years. Like, I went out of my way to be nice to you. And it's like, yeah, no shit, Shannon. You should be nice to people. As a human being, you should just be nice. But it's like, it shouldn't be like you want a medal for being a nice human being. Then uh, Gina brings up Shannon also talked shit about her and Hip to Heather. So Gina tells Shannon, like, look, I heard you were talking shit about me and Hip over to Heather Shamps to bro. And I just love that Gina started dragging her. And apparently Gina and Shannon had went to New York together and they got really close or something. They do make up because they say they don't want any drama. They say lesson learned. We don't want any drama. 
And I was like, well, we want drama, so you better kick it up a gear because we're watching The Real Housewives. I'm not watching. I know, paint dry. I need to see some drama. I'm sorry to say that. I, I don't want the drama to be too, you know, there are levels to the drama. We just need a little bit of it. We just need a little bit of it. So then, oh, then Noella comes. She arrives at this dinner and she has no savings, no bank accounts, or she can't get a line of credit. This man was really shitty to her. She says she has more questions than answers. And all the gals sit and talk about their divorces and how they're all single now. And it's a very low-budget First Wives Club. And I was trying to figure out in this scene, because they did cheers at one point to, like, I don't know, being divorced or something. And I was thinking, like, who's the Diane Keaton, who's the Goldie Hawn, and who's the Bette Midler? And what I landed on is that Noella's the Goldie Hawn, Gina's the Bette, the Bette Midler, because Gina's funny, she's got a sense of humor this season. And Shannon, I suppose, is the Diane Keaton character, although also Shannon's, like... I don't know, should be one of the extras, because I'm not interested in seeing a movie centered on Shannon Dubrow as the Diane Keaton character. Or Shannon, what did I call her? Shannon Dubrow. Shannon Storms. Can't even get their names right. Uh, but that's what I landed on, and so, I don't know, we're going to have to evaluate that at the end of the season, try to figure out who's who. Uh, but I was just imagining the three of them singing, You Don't Own Me. You know, Gina and her uh, her Long Island accent, like, You don't own me! And then <laughs> Shannon, You don't own me! Just singing it. I mean, it'd be a terrible rendition, but I would love to see it happen. Put on an off-white outfit and sing You Don't Own Me at the end of the season. Now that'd be a season. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. So they talk about Puerto Rico. They cheers to the divorce. That's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Heather versus Noella. We get Shane has a, a party for passing the low bar. And then Heather tells Storms that if she ever goes after her family, oh, I got the goosebumps in that preview for next week. She says, if you ever go after my family, you're going to lose a lot more than our friendship. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that laugh. And I love it. And I love it. Uh, You guys, that's the end of the episode. You guys, that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. I love you all so much for listening. We're going to do our cheesy little cool down. I want to let everyone know next week's schedule, we will have two episodes out next week. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to be recaps. I don't quite know how we're going to go because A, I'm moving. B, it's the holiday. It's the holiday season. So everyone's just going to have to stay tuned and don't yell at me either way. But there will be two episodes out next week. I just haven't decided if they're going to be recaps or if we're going to do a year-end wrap-up or what. We're playing it by year. 
and my ear is saying I'm not sure yet. So uh, stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already, just hit the subscribe button or hit the follow button. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you hit that subscribe and follow button because it's really important. Make sure you get the episodes and it helps me out, helps the numbers, the streaming, the downloads, all that good stuff, the advertisers. So hit that button. It's real easy. You know, if you're someone who just goes to the feed and plays the podcast, don't do that. Go hit in the subscribe or the follow button. The button. Uh, I don't know why I said button like that. Button. Button. <laughs> okay, you guys, we need to cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Oh, and go to everythingiconic.store, get the merch, and pre-order the book if you want. Okay, take a deep breath in, hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I want to also remind everyone on Patreon, if you want that and just like that recap of episodes one and two, that's over at the Patreon page. (sighs) I'm sorry to do all that self-promo. I hate doing it. I really do. Do you hear the construction going on? I know we're all supposed to be relaxed at this moment, but there's construction going on above me, as there always is. I can't wait to get out of this hellhole apartment. Um, Okay, I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye.